Hey everybody, you're listening to so many sequels. I'm Josh. Oh man, Drew. I'm Garrett. Wow. <laughs> that was some stuff right there. Today on the show, we're talking about everything that is 2018. Yeah, possibly of... some 17s. Really? Yeah, I got some stuff that I saw in like very early. Like they came out late 2017, and I saw them in. Mm, so you're gonna count them? Yeah. All right. That's fair. Yeah, I guess so. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, it's it's a, our first year-end review, year-end year review, year-end recap episode. We're not going to talk about a specific franchise today. We decided to end the year on like a lighter note, uh, a fun, just a fun little freeform kind of discussion about the year that was, and then we'll be back early 2019 with a whole new set of movies. So I figured we start talking about our favorite movies of the year. Um, we can kind of... I think we all made a top ten list, so we can kind of go in descending order. We'll each go around and tell our ten, my ten, your ten, your ten, and we'll talk about them, and we'll see, like... I don't know. I'm sure some of them will match up. Mm-hmm. Some of them might be crazy. Who knows? So let's let's dig into that. Let's start at number ten, and we'll start with Andrews. My number ten for 2018 is A Quiet Place. Okay. I love this movie because of just how intense it was. It was an extremely intense movie, and it all it never let up. I mean, it wasn't a very long one either. It was only like 90 minutes long. And it felt like it was just, there was so much tension from the, from the time it began to the time it ended. And the fact that it was directed by John Krasinski, I think this was his first time, makes it even better. Uh, if anything... Like, it, so far what we've been seeing is that the horror genre has been coming into full swing. And I think that's, I think that says a lot of, I think mean, it says a lot about, um, first time directors who are normally for comedic roles have been taking on horror. And I think that's terrific. So that is my, that is my number 10. I have gone on too long. Did anyone else have uh, A Quiet Place at number 10 on the list? I know I had it a bit higher than that. Yeah, it's not number 10. It's okay. on my list, but it's, um, it's different. Yeah, I thought A Quiet Place was one of the best horror movies of the year. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I think it kind of, he kind of followed in the tradition of Jordan Peele going from comedy to horror. Uh, Krasinski did. So that was interesting to see. Mm-hmm. It was an overall very good movie. Um, I'll I'll reveal where it is on on my list once we get to it. Okay. But that those are my thoughts on it for now. It was just so different because I mean the the tension was created because there's no sound. I mean it's so quiet throughout the whole movie. And one of my favorite experiences was you know people opening their candy in the movie theater and feeling so uncomfortable doing so. They were all like trying to be real quiet and and do everything because it was such a quiet movie that mm-hmm. any noise in the movie theater was amplified tenfold and you could really tell that people were uncomfortable which made me happy yes that they were like oh it should be i like it when movies create a visceral reaction with its audience this is um this is the type of movie where you have to be still yeah and watch it don't Go digging in your pockets for whatever. Don't go whispering to your neighbor because you will. Everyone will hear it. Just please sit still and watch the movie. <laughs> and that's how all movies should be. But this one forces it on you. Yeah, 
Because, yeah, like you said, you'll hear every Skittles rapper, every every time someone lifts up the legs of their armchair, every little sound you'll hear for, like, at least, I think, the first half hour of this movie before there was any sort of real noise in it. Yep. I loved it. Yep. Number 10 for you. Uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Ah, okay, okay. We got our first documentary in there. Yeah, this... I mean, everybody has a connection to Mr. Rogers, seems like. Whether you watched him growing up or you just know of the things that he's done. And I had a weird reaction to the movie because I saw it and I was just really fascinated by it. And it didn't affect me in the theater. But I got to my car and I just broke down. Because it was like, you ever disappoint your parents and like you know they're disappointed? <laughs> That's the way I feel with Mr. Rogers. Is he, he just wanted to do so much good. And we see where we are, and, and we're not as far as we we thought we would be at this time of year, or this time in the world. And I just go, I've let you down, Mr. Rogers. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and But like in the movie itself, I was fine. It's just as I thought more about everything that he wanted to do and everything that he believed in and the good that he put out. It's like, why can't we all be like Mr. Rogers? Yeah, the world would certainly be a better place if we were all like him or if there were anyone else like him mm-hmm. but i do think he's a once in a lifetime human being and we probably won't see another one nope in our lifetimes because yeah i the documentary you know the way it's made and the way it tells its story isn't overly spectacular it's pretty run-of-the-mill it's the subject matter mm-hmm. that makes it so good yep um you learn a lot about mr rogers i didn't know a lot about him going into it. You know, I know who he is. I've seen his show. But as for his personal life, I didn't know about. And even some of the, the very, very few instances in the movie where you you might kind of question him, mm-hmm. you still see that he's comes from a mostly good place mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't. So I thought it was a pretty powerful documentary. And it is one that I think sits with you after you see it. I think yeah. Andrew loved it the most of all of us. I I love this movie. Is so it much. All, is it on your list anywhere? It is on my list. Okay, you can tell us later when it, when we get to it. Okay, I will wait. It's on my it's on my list of my overall list. It didn't hit my top ten. It's it's in my top twenty five though. It's at exactly number twenty five. That'll do. And that's just not really qual. I don't really base mine on quality as much as just how much I enjoy them. Mm-hmm. So before anyone judges me. <laughs> But you could you could tell us what you thought of it. I just well, keep no. your list a secret until we get there. Well, no, I'm kind of with you in the same boat, Garrett. Because like, whenever I like, I'm I don't I don't think I've ever had an emotional reaction to a movie like this. And I remember walking out of the movie, like feeling, like feeling good, knowing that somebody in the world, <laughs> knowing that there is somebody at least at one point in our history that like. It was so, like, he was just so positive and he wanted to mm-hmm. spread around a positive message. And I don't, it, it's it's hard to find nowadays. Like it, it is. It really is. Like, and you wouldn't, like, a, a show like his today probably wouldn't succeed. No. Not in the same fashion. He's one of those people that can make, if you, you know, everyone has their own beliefs about the universe and how the world works and religion and spirituality. Mm-hmm. But I think Mr. Rogers is one of those people who came at such a perfect time doing such a perfect thing that it makes you think 
maybe he was put there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was his fate and his destiny to come about at a time where TV is a new invention. Yeah. He can reach millions of people in ways that could never be done before in the in the history of mankind. And he's at the front lines of it? Yeah. That's crazy. He was instrumental in keeping PBS fu- funded when um, the government wanted to cut funding for it. They, Single-handedly they, they about changed that, that yeah. senator's mind. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you get time, look it up on YouTube. It is fantastic. You can thank Mr. Rogers for the existence of PBS or the continued existence of PBS and just so many other things. It is well worth watching just to learn more about the man himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, my number 10... I don't know what what it's going to be for you, Andrew. I know it's going to be much higher on yours, but my number ten is is Overlord. Uh, Overlord is actually not on my it list. It didn't make your list. It okay, did not make my list. Overlord came out late this year. I think it was kind of under the radar for a mm-hmm. lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, got really good reviews. People seem to like it a lot. I think maybe the maybe the marketing blitz wasn't huge, and that's why it didn't really get out there much. Mm-hmm. But it was produced by J.J. Abrams. Um, directed by Julius Avery and stars a lot of actors that the people don't know probably and that could could have had something to do with it. And it is a World War II story that slowly unravels into a horror monster movie. <laughs> and basically that- like if, uh, you know, there, you always hear that there were scientific experiments being mm-hmm. done by the Nazis during World War II. It's basically like if uh, you found evidence of that. And it's yeah. what would happen if if these things really did happen. And yeah. uh, it goes down a crazy rabbit hole. And yeah, I very much enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, It's on a couple of my lists that we have to talk about. Um, but I think I saw it three times in the theaters. Wow. Within a week. Wow. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I did enjoy it. It was very, it was su- surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. I think, because you hear it, you know, it sounds like uh, Wolfenstein, the movie, the video game series, or Call of Duty Zombies or something like that, and it sounds dumb, but the trailers really sold it, hooked me on it. J.J. Abrams' involvement hooked me on it, so I showed up, and I was not disappointed. It's action-packed. No. no, it's a great film. It's thrilling. It's genuinely scary at moments. Yep. I thought it was great. Well, and it is it's it gets you because it starts off like a regular war movie. It and does. the war aspect of it is really good. Yeah. And then it goes down this horror science fiction crazy rabbit hole and that's really good and some of the special effects are good. There's one scene where a character's like head snaps back and you see his shoulder blades and everything rip and it's it's so well done and it makes me hurt and all of the effects I think were practical. It's not like CG, so it, it looks really painful. And mm-hmm. it was just, yeah, it was good. It, it is on one of my lists, just not in my top ten, sadly. Okay. Well, so, then we'll circle back to we'll you s- now for number nine. Number nine, I have eighth grade. Wow! Whoa. I mean... In my opinion, but that's okay. Yeah. Eighth grade, yeah. Bo Burnham's first movie. Bo Burnham's first movie. Again, another... Com- is he? He's a YouTube star, isn't he? He's a comedian. He's a he comedian. Comic. He got his he got his start through YouTube back in the glory days of YouTube when it didn't suck. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> it's all like influencers and ads now. Yeah. But then it was just Bo and a and a keyboard singing funny songs on the internet. Mm-hmm. So he did. Yeah, he rose to stardom there, but he's gone on to do several 
stand-up specials, uh, one-man show things, mm-hmm. two, he's toured. Mm-hmm. He's directed he's, a lot of comedians. And yeah, he, he directed Chris Rock's latest uh, stand-up special. Gerard okay. Carmichael's. He's done a lot. Okay. Yeah, he's he's really... And this is his first feature film. Like, And for this to be his first feature, first feature film is really interesting. I find it's a very interesting choice. You wouldn't think of this coming from such a comedic person. Yeah. Because he's... You know, when you think when you think comedy, when you think somebody who's in the field of comedy, you think they're going to do something funny. This one isn't. It's at all. At least I don't think. It's, I mean, it's, it's funny. funny there's, but... there's, there's there's bits and pieces of it that are funny, but it's mainly like a character study, and that's what I love about eighth grade. Um, it. What I love about eighth grade is that it, I. It's pretty much a horror movie to me. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's so scary. I mean, reliving yeah, it's, that. It's re- Yeah. So Bo is like the last person you'd expect to come up with something like this because not just because he's a comedian but because he's like a a, a millennial uh white kid yeah and here he is writing a, a movie a well done very relatable movie about a middle school aged girl yeah it's a, per, a perspective that uh, a lot of i don't think millennial men have no <laughs> i think it's it tough off. in general for men to write from a female perspective as as far as like a main lead character like that movie was written for Ellie and she the the idea that it came from Bo's mind and it seems I mean being a millennial man I don't know what middle-aged girls go through but middle school age yeah (laughs) middle school I don't know what middle-aged girls go through either she but she, you know, everything <laughs> that I had seen and read about it is like it is such a good focused story as from a female perspective, written from a man, and it and it's something that I don't think is done a lot and, and no. at that caliber. No. Espe- yeah. Again, especially for a first time person doing it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It's getting a lot of awards buzz. I I don't remember off the top of my head all of them. Did he get a uh, Did he get a writing at the Globes? I think Ellie is the only Elsie, one that got Yeah, Elsie yeah. Fisher got a uh, Best Supporting Actress nod. And it's gotten other things. It got a SAG Award, I think. I think so. I'd have to look at them. Yeah. Because I, I don't It's know gotten awards recognition. I would love to see it in the Oscars. I would love nothing more than to see Bo Burnham be an Oscar-nominated yeah. comedian. I think that would be great. At least in the writing he, It did make... Eighth Grade made Barack Obama's favorite movies of the year. Okay. So if you're... When you when your first movie ever is like one of the favorites of a of a president, that's pretty cool. That'll do. It's pretty cool. Uh, eighth grade is is higher on my list. Well, I'll let you know when later. Okay. Number nine for you. Black Panther. Nice. Okay. Yeah, Black Panther. I think Black Panther. It, Black Panther and Avengers are both on my list. Mm-hmm. I put. I don't. It's hard. It's it's just based on sheer entertainment of the whole thing. Black Panther was so good, and I feel like it really changed the way that you can look at superhero movies. They, honestly, it should have changed a long time ago, but I really think this opened the critics' eyes to being like, this is more than just a superhero movie. Yeah. This is a good movie with great performances. Michael B. Jordan should be nominated for Best Supporting Actor. He I won't agree. be. He is he at the should. Globes, yeah. Is, so who knows? I just don't. Who I knows? think that the Globes are more open to that, and I don't think the Oscars are there yet. I think that they're still trying to hold on to their um, entire elitist, classist kind of a thing. And isn't that silly too? Because their whole angle right now is to get more viewers and, and more attention. Well, so the, uh, highlighting these 
popular movies right. would be good for that. But they're doing it wrong. So the whole thing of them creating a best popular movie because they didn't want those movies in the best movies. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that should be considered a best picture, no matter how you cut it. And yeah. it what it might be. It might be at the Oscars. It might get that. Yeah. But it also wouldn't surprise me if they don't because of the fact that they wanted to create an entire car- uh, category for popular movies. Yeah, remember how how far they bent over backwards and went out of their way not to nominate The Dark Knight back in the day? Mm-hmm. Who knows if they'll repeat that same mistake again. You can tell they were, they were definitely going to yeah. when they did that popular award, mm-hmm. but now that they took the backlash to heart and, and undid that, It'll be interesting to see if they include it. I think I think most people expect it, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, and and I I would love Michael B. Jordan to be nominated because yeah. he was the standout person to that. Like, uh, they they all did great, but he really stole the show. I agree. He's uh, Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger is the most interesting character in the film. As great as Chadwick Boseman is as as Black Panther, uh, is he King T'Challa at that point? I don't remember. I think he's yeah, king. he's King. His father's dead. Uh. Not an overly interesting character. He doesn't have a lot of growth. Yeah. And that's fine. Killmonger does, though. Yeah. And yeah. he's got this... Uh, he's got a backstory. Deep backstory to where you could be like, man, okay, I, I, I can understand where you're coming from, even if it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And so that's really interesting. Yeah, Black Panther is a great movie. Uh, you were talking about Avengers and how it's tough. There, I think I also enjoyed Infinity War more, but there's no doubt that Black Panther's a better film. Yeah. So I think that's fair. My number nine is Mission Impossible Fallout. Boom! Hands down the best Mission Impossible movie of the whole lot. Hands down the best non-superhero action movie of the year. Sure. Tom Cruise still kills it, running across everybody's roofs. Yeah. It's amazing to me how he uh, keeps up with that at his age. Yeah. He still does the majority of his own stunts. The story in this one was really uh, engaging. There were a lot. Man, there's like twists right out the right out the gate. There's mm-hmm. twists and turns. It's so fun. The action is incredible. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> Superman. Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill is great in it. It was Henry Cavill was so good that it was worth having his weird CGI'd out mustache in Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was brilliant, and I haven't seen it again since since I watched it in theaters, but man, have I been itching to watch it. Yeah, we revisited, or we did the Mission Impossible series earlier this year, and, you know, went through them, and uh, I, I feel like that's, they get better as they go for the most part. For uh, the most part, yeah. And, and, and this one definitely was, uh, made me a Tom Cruise believer. <laughs> like, I tried not to like Tom Cruise for a lot, but this movie yeah. was so good, and he was so good, and it was so genuine like you could tell he was he was doing it and that's something you don't see from a lot of actors and and it just it made me respect him to a different level yeah this is great thoughts on mi6 i do it's on it's on my list right here okay so, so i'm going to you're wait. gonna wait okay that's fine yeah. and then you're number eight i'm number eight so my number eight for this year is the old man and the gun. Oh, you're gonna have to talk solo yep. on that one because neither of us saw it. Okay, so we're we're here to listen. So this is uh, apparently from Robert Redford, his last movie he's ever gonna do. And I feel do you like, believe it before you continue. I mean, he's in his 80s. It's possible. 
I mean, let's just assume for the moment, yes. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just say yes. But I will say that if there is any one movie to go out on, this would be it. It's a charming movie. Uh, he is a charming man in this. It is a great character study. It is v- it, it is written very well. Um, there's just nothing I can say. There's just nothing but praises I can say about this movie. What genre do you put it in? Uh, kind of like a caper, almost. Maybe a caper. No, not 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 so much a caper. It is kind of a like a heist movie, like mm-hmm. a crime film, but it's also a little bit of a comedy. And a little bit of a drama. So the old man and the gun. So you. So that's a recommendation from you. That is a very good recommendation. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, number eight for Garrett. Uh, Avengers: Infinity War. Okay. Okay. Nice. Um, again, these two, Black Panther and Avengers, were so close. Uh, the the only reason that Avengers was a little higher was because of the emotional reaction that I had at the end of that movie. I had to sit there and just kind of process it. Uh, I went and saw it twice within 12 hours. I took a vacation day uh, from work because I went to the uh, midnight showing and then I went and saw it again the next morning. Took a vacation day and the first time seeing it, I was just distraught, uh, flabbergasted. Again, I sat there mouth open after the Thanos snap. What was more fun was going the next day because I knew what had happened and I was in a theater surrounded by most people who hadn't seen it. Uh, So to see and feel and be a part of their reactions, knowing what happened so immediate, because it was only the second day that it had come out, so most people still hadn't seen it. Uh, That was just... uh, That was more fun because uh, I got to experience it in a different way the second time. And, and to see everybody else and know what was coming and to see their reactions was fun. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna, I agree. I'm going to talk about Infinity War in a little bit. I am too. Okay. Uh, so my number eight is, is Black Klansman. Okay. Black Klansman is a Spike Lee joint starring uh, John David Washington, Adam Driver, Topher Grace, Alec Baldwin at the very beginning. Briefly, that? yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think about it. It's, it's very, very brief. I, I had to and think you, about that for a like, second. Is that Alec Baldwin? So I have to watch that movie again. Yeah, apparently, um, Black Klansman tells the story of Ron Stallworth, a, a black police officer in Colorado Springs, who <laughs> essentially goes undercover to investigate the Klan in the area. Uh, goes undercover by being the voice on the phone when he talks to them. And then having another officer, a white officer played by Adam Driver, be him in person. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, uh, I don't even know what you call that. It's a weird situation. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you call <laughs> I don't know either. A catch-22, ba- catch It's based uh, on a true story. I can't tell you how much of it is accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is based, I believe the film said based on some real shit. Is that what it said? Yeah, something like <laughs> based that. Based yeah. on some for real, for real, for shit. real, for real shit. It's what the movie says when it opens. So I thought it was really powerful. It is funny. It's extremely intense at times. It's so frustrating. Uh, the end is deeply upsetting. Oh yeah, that was probably the most uh, visceral reaction I got out of a movie this year. Was the final? I don't know how long, how long it was. Five to ten minutes. Um, and I don't want to spoil it for people who may have not have seen it yet, but it is very powerful, and it involves some real-world imagery of recent-day events 
uh, contrasted to this movie that's set in the late 70s. Super, super powerful film. Mm-hmm. Just shows just how much things have not changed. Is is Black Klansman on either of your lists? Yeah. Okay. Nope. Okay. So, no. all right. Well, then, do you do you want to hold on to your? No, I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't see any reason to revisit whenever we talk about it. Yeah. Uh, just prolongs the conversation. But no, I very much enjoyed it. Um, John David Washington was great. Um, it was just watching the whole movie. Just hearing him talk on the phone to David Duke and and being a part of this is just so funny and and it is really funny it, the it is whole funny. premise is so crazy that two different people can play the same person because obviously he can't go to these meetings so Adam Driver had to they had to work together to create one personality and it was just this it, it's hard to believe that this is based on true events it, it's very difficult to believe that uh, because the premise seems like it's something out of fantasy. It does. But or just like a, a comedy of, so, of sorts. Like yeah. A, I don't even know. A, sw- a switcheroo type comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, it was a very enjoyable movie, and I, I really liked it a lot. I like the movie, too. It's just not in my top ten. That's fine. But uh, no, um, just your your typical your typical style of Spike Lee. I I like his directorial style mm-hmm. and I liked um I like the story overall and if anything else if anything else I take away from this I loved Adam I I really like Adam Driver. Yeah, and he's been winning me over with his last few films. He really has. And and this is the first I've seen of John David Washington who is who is Denzel's son. Many people are quick to point out but clearly an, a great actor in his own right. Doesn't need to be associated with his father, I don't think. See, I did, I, before I saw this film, I had no knowledge yeah, of that. Yeah, no, he does. I don't think he like makes a big deal of it. Yeah, no. <laughs> but he he and Adam are both nominated for for Golden Globes. Spike Lee is nominated for Best Director, and this is not nominated for Best Motion Picture Drama. So it'll be interesting to see if any of that translates over into the Oscars when they're announced at the end of January. Mm-hmm. I think it could. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think. The there's so many strong performances this year. I'm concerned that John David will get surpassed. Adam Driver will likely get a supporting nod, but I I would hate to see this movie not include the lead actor because he did a great job. There's just yeah. so many strong performances, but like, and I think it would be a weird to see Adam Driver nominated for Black Klansman there, and not John David Washington. Yeah, Spike Lee I think will be nominated, but. I fully expect an awful lot of snubs this year, yeah. based purely on limited slots in the categories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. Uh, I think that takes us to number seven for Andrew. Isle of Dogs. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, from uh, for a break from all the animation this year, like as as much as I love all the animated movies that I've seen this year, I liked Isle of Dogs the most because one, it's that old stop motion animation. Number one. Number two, it's got a pretty, it's it's got a story that's you know that's not really typically what you would see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a slug of people in it. Um, it's set into the future, not not in the past, not the present. It's set twenty years into the future, mm-hmm. and uh, I like Wes Anderson's style. Mm-hmm. And this is his second animated film, and for and um, and for this to be a second animated film 
wholly original, I think. I don't think this is based on anything. I don't I don't know that. No, it's based I, on true story. I don't think any I think <laughs> it's based on some for real for real shit. <laughs> I mean the majority of his movies are original, right? Yeah. Doesn't he write and direct them all? Uh yeah, part? most of them. I mean he he's only got like one or two that are direct adaptations. I mean his first uh, uh Fantastic Mr. Fox is based on a children's book. Mm-hmm. And Isle of Dogs I, I don't I don't know. I don't know either. So but no, um Everything about Isle of Dogs, I loved. That's good. Isle of Dogs was fine to me. It, I didn't connect with it at the level that you did. Mm-hmm. I did think the animation was well done. I do like Wes Anderson. I didn't think this was among his best. Um, I really couldn't pinpoint why. I think I just didn't get engaged in the story enough. Mm-hmm. So, different strokes for different folks. It's all good. A number seven for you. Eighth grade. Eighth grade, okay. Okay. We already talked a lot about eighth grade. Um, we still haven't gotten to my posi- to to its position on my list. Um, so my number seven is Black Panther. All right. We just talked about that quite a lot. I didn't really have anything to add. I don't think anyone else. Okay. No, I mean, I, I mean, other than it's just, it's one of the few. I think it's probably the best Marvel movie that's a that's a standalone. A, sta- not- a standalone, possibly. I haven't thought about that. Yeah. yeah, I think it could be. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I really can't think of a better standalone, like origin story. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best yeah. term. Best origin story, uh, for Marvel. I think that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Okay, number six then. Number six is want me. Want you be my neighbor. Okay, so you you had more you wanted to say on it, didn't you? Or was that another the, one? The only thing I was going to say was that when I, I may have mentioned this. But going into this, you know, you you expect to know everything you can about uh, Mr. Rogers. I mean, we all assume that Mr. Rogers was a nice guy. We assume that he just wanted to do good in the world. But you really don't know anything about Mr. Rogers until you talk with the people who actually knew him. Yeah. Especially his his immediate family. I think, is his wife interviewed? I forgot. I don't remember. But, um, uh, no, just everything... Everything that leads up to the ending of that movie, I kid you not, I was weeping tears of joy. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't the only one. And I'm getting a little misty-eyed right now talking about it. Wow. So, because it's, it's it has that type of an effect on me. Okay. All right. Number six. Black Klansman. Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. My number six is Avengers Infinity War. Okay. Um, just such a crazy movie. I wanted to say, I think, if you're not super invested in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I can see why you wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it doesn't do as good of a job as the others as being approachable from an outsider perspective. It kind of says, hey, if you're not, if you haven't been watching up to this point, we're not going to help you. Yeah. And just dives right in. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate that about it because at this point, so many movies into a series, you got to stop trying to be accessible to everyone mm-hmm. so i thought that was cool uh i'm i'm excited to see where we go with endgame next year um it's been a long year wait that's gonna be crazy this one didn't like so it got me like excited and shocked and all that stuff it didn't hit me in the feels but i think endgame will i i didn't if infinity war didn't hit me in the feels because i don't trust it i don't believe any of it mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see what the true outcome is <clears throat> next year I th- I suspect tears from me. Yeah. Uh, oh man, that's gonna be 
interesting come up, come April. It will be number five. My number five is Mission Impossible Fallout. Nice. Um, I've really not seen an action movie of this caliber in a very long time. And no. if anything, Mission Impossible Fallout... Mission Impossible Fallout is like the Dark Knight to the Dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> I may have mentioned that in, in our podcast. You mentioned... You compare every movie to the Dark Knight you do. ever since we you started. You compared Ace Ventura to the Dark Knight. <laughs> That's where it started. It started with that. But like, but here, this actually holds water because it doesn't. It doesn't let like. I think there was a sequence in this where the action doesn't stop for a good twenty minutes. I feel like I feel like it lasted. Are you forever. talking about the helicopter sequence? Because that one comes to my mind as just being. Never ending. Like whenever they were, whenever they were taking back uh, that one prisoner. Mm-hmm. Whenever they were taking back the prisoner. Whenever he was, uh, uh, Ethan Hunt was making his escape, all the way up until they finally get out of Paris. Yeah, like that whole sequence of events was nuts to me. It was nuts, and uh, just everything about it. Like you didn't know what was. I mean, you didn't really know what was going to happen. There's not too many. There's not. It's not too unpredictable, but it's still just so entertaining. So really, it, if anything, they should take any action. Any person who wants to make an action movie should take notes on this. <laughs> I agree. So next, uh, <clears throat> both of you are gonna. I feel like get mad at me for how low this is, but uh, a Star Is Born. Okay. Okay. Uh, beautiful movie. The music is great. Lady Gaga, uh, my hands down favorite to win. Bradley Cooper, my hands-down favorite to win Best Director. Um, probably up there to win. I, I don't necessarily care if he wins Best Actor. I think that he did a great job. Uh, but I would really be upset if Lady Gaga didn't win and if he didn't win Best Director. Um, I know that this movie has been done like 1,700 times, but he did a great job of taking it, modernizing it, changing it enough, and he just put so much care and detail into it I thought that it was really, really good. Do we want to talk about a Star Wars War now or later? I want to. I'm gonna wait. I feel like okay. Yes, sure. Um, okay, number f- five for me is Green Book. Yay! Uh, starring Mahershala Ali and Viggo Mortensen. Uh, this movie had a bit of a complicated release and reaction afterwards. Seeing it. I really loved it. It made me feel good and happy at the end. It was one of the most feel-good movies of the year. There's been some stuff out since its release about Don Shirley's family. Don Shirley, the character Ali plays, who is a uh, jazz singer. His family said, nah, it's not really what happened. Not To the point where Mahershala Ali has apologized to the family for uh, anything that might have upset them in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, He said he, he... you know, if he had known, he wouldn't have. He would have done it differently, basically. Yeah. So that that complicates a little bit and has slightly affected my take on the movie because I I don't love it when a movie presents itself as real but didn't do the legwork to find out if it was. Yeah. So it, it was it was previously higher, but once I found that out, I had to knock it down because that's that's basic stuff that okay. they, that they failed to do for me. Okay. But if you take it as fiction, <laughs> it's a real feel good movie. Yeah, I didn't know that stuff about the family, so I'll have to look into that because yeah. it's, it's higher on my list it's as higher, well. Yeah, it's higher um, on my list as well. But I 
yeah, I, I was concerned with it because I thought it was just going to make me angry. The whole subject matter of a black man who is a well-educated, uh, well-talented, going to tour the deep, deep South during the civil rights movement, uh, I just was ready to be offended and angry and mad. And a lot of, there were some parts where it, it definitely was definitely was, yeah, at times. But the movie itself was based on the relationship between the driver and Mahershala's character. And their relationship that developed in their friendship uh, was overall positive. Mm-hmm. And, and I was pleasantly surprised that it, I was more um, uplifted than frustrated. I agree with that. Um, I'm going to come back. Number four for you then. Number four for me. Um, You all have not seen this. Okay. They shall not grow old. No. And you know what? I thought it'd be higher for you. Uh, That's the way you reacted to it. Man, like number four is high. Don't get me wrong. Well, I'm I'm just saying, like, uh, they shall not grow old. Uh, man. I know it's probably... Tell everyone what it is first. Okay, so... Not a lot of people know about it. Okay, so They Shall Not Grow Old is a documentary that was directed by uh, Peter Jackson, who did The Lord of the Rings, and he did some other stuff. But anyway, um, he took a bunch of... He took about 600 hours worth of, of footage from... that was shot during World War One, and he took it and he colorized it, and he gave it life. He slowed it down to 24 frames a second, because back then, there were no motors. And uh, he put uh, he put sound in it. He completely restored it. The final result is unbelievable. And there's no... The best thing about it is that there's really no narrative to it. And what he did... What, what they did was, was that the uh, Imperial War Museums in in England gave him unprecedented access to all of their audio files from all the people they interviewed who were in World War One. And throughout the entire movie, that's all you're hearing. You're hearing the first hand accounts from the people who were in World War One. And I think That's nuts. And it's it's cr- and it, they're tying it into the footage that they're showing. And it is absolutely insane. It was also presented in 3D, which made it even more real. Some of that stuff that they have in that movie, like, I mean, you, I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, don't spoil, because I do want to see it someday. It's uh, it's very unsettling. But overall, uh, overall, this was truly one of the best documentaries I have ever seen. Yeah, it uh, it played as a Fathom event on two two nights only in the United States. Which is a shame. Which is a shame. But I believe it's going to have a wider release in the future. I, I saw in Deadline that it's going to open in New York, L.A., and Washington on January 11th and will expand into the top 25 markets on Super Bowl weekend. Now, what the top 25 markets are, I don't know. Sure, Hope Tulsa is one of them because I'd like to see it. Mm-hmm. But it will get some kind of wider release, which is good. It broke Fa- uh, Fathom's box office record, so which huge. Is- at this point, just released on DVD or video on demand. But anyway, that's my number four. Okay. Number four for you. Quiet Place. 
Right. Same, exact same. Nice. I don't, I don't. I've said everything. Yeah, yeah I don't I, have anything else yeah, to add about it great. other than I loved it. Well, you know, we didn't talk much about Emily Blunt. Oh, uh, yeah. She, uh, she's a huge star to do a horror movie. Granted, she's the wife of the director. But I still think that it says a lot that she did it. Well, uh, so in her interviews, and, and maybe this is just her saying this, who knows what the po- the possibilities are, but she said that John was working on it. And she read it and was like, I'm doing this. Like, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily because they were married or because it was him. Mm-hmm. It was like she was intrigued by the story and wanted to be a part of it. And I think the one thing that we didn't really talk... Because I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't seen it. Yeah. So I'm trying to be vague about some stuff. But in addition to a horror movie, there is a scene that really got me. Um, and it has to do with uh, John and his kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was unexpected. Uh, I did not see that coming, and when it hap- whenever this part of the movie happened, I was like, "Whoa, this is this is deeper than just a horror movie." Yeah, um, Andrew, you'll get this because you've seen it. But um, I saw this this joke going around the internet the other day, and it it didn't really occur to me. There's so Emily Blunt did two movies this year mm-hmm. where she has two very drastically different scenes in a bathtub. Between between A Quiet Place and Mary Poppins Returns. They both feature prominent scenes of her in a bathtub. Yes. And they couldn't be further from, from each other. And it made me laugh a lot when I realized it. Um, so my number four was also A Quiet Place, so we'll skip right to Andrew's number three. Number three was Green Book. Okay. And um, I did not know about all that stuff that you just told me. So It's but, fairly new stuff. Okay. I, I, I just saw it a week or so ago, I think. Okay. I mean, it's it's going to stay where it's at because Green Book for me was Green Book for me. It, it, it really was a feel good movie. Yes, and you don't like. I think you maybe get like a couple of those out of the year that are actually feel good movies. And the fact that this is, I mean, it's it's a true story, kind of. I mean, it's it, any true story you come across is going to be fictionalized some way or another, but I think. What what surprised me the most is is that I wouldn't think that Viggo Mortensen would be that comedic. Yeah, and I also didn't expect something from I did not expect a movie from this from director Peter Farrelly of one of the yeah. Farrelly brothers. Mm-hmm. And I that again that surprises me. I mean, this has been a this has been a decent year for like people who were in comedy. So yeah. I mean, like. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that like, you wouldn't think that John Krasinski would direct a Quiet Place. You wouldn't think that Bo Burnham would direct Eighth Grade. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think that Peter Farrelly would do Green Book. When mm-hmm. I saw his name at the end credits, that really, that yeah, really shocked I, me. Yeah, I, I, re- I remember because you're one of the people who like physically reacts to movies. I've noticed like you'll get a physical reaction out of out of seeing something, mm-hmm. which is hilarious every time. But I do remember <laughs> when you said Peter Farrelly, you went what? And I pointed at the screen. I thought you knew that already. I did not know that. Whatever. It was a pleasant surprise. All right. Uh, number three. For My you. three is also Green Book. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. You know what? I think I think it was also number three for me before I knocked it down two spaces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting that 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 fell that way. My number three is Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Um, ah, just incredible. Just t- totally incredible. I think the best Spider-Man movie easily 
could be this one. Um, thinking back on on the the original Spider-Man trilogy, Spider-Man Two is really high up there, and this I think it at least matches it. It was so cool. The story is great. The animation is unlike anything I've ever seen before. Uh, it's a type of superhero story that I've never seen. You have all these different Spider-Men from different universes colliding together, which sounds confusing, but they play it in a way where it totally makes sense. And it's about how anyone can be a superhero. And I think this movie, of all the superhero movies, told that the best. It's on one of my lists, so I'm going to... <laughs> one of them? Not this yeah. one? No. It not... didn't make your top ten favorites? It did not. Wow. I see, you said something earlier about the animation of Isle of Dogs being the best animation you've seen, and I just outright disagree with you on that. Okay. Because the okay. animation yeah. in this is so beyond anything that Isle of Dogs is. Isle okay. of Dogs is good animation, but like this is nothing that i've ever seen like, I, I there's that that animation style in isle of dogs has been done before right it's nothing revolutionary this is a completely brand new style of animation and it's exactly what you would expect from a comic mo- like when i look at this movie i think that is what i want my comic book animation to look like yeah that brings the to life from paper to movie um i loved the idea of an old peter parker because that's something that you've never seen before, and 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 as something as ridiculous as Peter Porker and Spider Ham, and you see this and you think this is going to be stupid, but somehow it works. And I just love that John Mulaney will forever be a Spider Man. So that's great how too. cool is that? Yeah, I mean the they've whole... already got a sequel, they've already got a spinoff, and yeah. it's, it's such a stacked. The cast. whole cast is great. I mean, Shamik Moore is fantastic as Miles Morales. Haley Steinfeld is one of my favorite actresses of the moment. She's so good at everything, and she's an amazing Spider-Gwen. Nicolas Cage is in this movie. Which surprised me. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people surprised by that. John Mulaney, Jake Johnson, many people know as Nick from New Girl. It's it's very good. Um, um, Brian Tyree Henry is Miles Morales' dad. A lot of people know him from uh, Widows in Atlanta. Uh, so many good things. Just an incredible cast. This came from... Among others, it, the the creative team behind it is is Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who were fired from the Solo movie from Disney. So a lot of people have seen this and have thought, wow, this is like a glimpse into what Solo could have been had they been allowed the freedom that they wanted. Because this is their first project since since they were fired. And they've also done a lot of, I mean, they've, they did the first, I think they were involved in the first Lego movie. They've done so many funny things. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, but just an incredible movie all around. And yeah, I, w- I wanted to say on the animation, there's not a lot of um, animated superhero or animated comic book movies that go to theaters. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are like direct to DVD or on demand stuff. Uh, this is crazy animated. Like it, you can see like the pixel. Not, what are they? They're not pixels. Yeah, what are no, they called in a comic book? I, I in don't... a face where you see the little dots. Yeah. Like I... when it gets close enough, you can see the cross hatching. I think you can see the cross hatching. See, I, I noticed that too. And I'm like, I'm like, that's, it's very interesting that they would put that. I wonder if that has any, I wonder if that has any relevance, but because yeah. like you notice that it, towards the center, it's all focused, but as it gets back, 
it's like start to get it starts to get blurry. Yeah, and that happens that in almost every single scene, and it is a great film. Yeah, it just didn't hit the top ten. Dang, that's crazy. I that's don't crazy. understand that. Because you know, I don't even think this could be done live action. No, I don't think this story could be told in a satisfying way with live action effects. No, I don't know. It was crazy to me, um, but that's my number three. Your number two, Andrew. My number two is Avengers Infinity War. Ooh, high billing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have never gone to a movie that's this this draining. Like, okay. not draining per se, but just like, like it builds up your expectations. You don't know what the hell is going to happen. You meet this. Yeah, the the character of Thanos, the character of Thanos is so well developed, and it's it's tough for a comic book movie to have that. Yeah, and and to have a villain that's that, like to have a villain that's that uh, that that's that menacing, and people people out there actually agree with them. I mean that's that's kind of weird, but okay then. But people actually agree with. Thanos to some level of wiping out half the universe in order to equalize things. And I think that, I think that the character of Thanos is one of the best villains in history, best villains in villain in movie history. And I think this movie does sums up everything that the Avengers is, is, that the Marvel comics universe is trying to do. He's definitely, he's definitely the best villain in the, Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. who uh, infamously is not great at villains. Okay. They, they don't have a lot of great... No. Like, great villains. They no, don't have I a mean, lot. They don't flesh them out. I mean, no. but this year we had we had Killmonger, and mm-hmm. we had and we have Thanos. Yep. So... That's about it. And, <laughs> if you yeah. go back, it's like... You, you, you might even be hard-pressed to remember the villains in some of the other movies. I, yeah, I mean, like... Uh, like, Iron Man 3... I've not not seen Iron Man three, so I don't know. A lot of people might, or or you'll mistake it because that that was one that had a twist villain, and you might think it was one guy, but it was actually the boring option. Yeah. Okay. But uh, no, I, I'm, I'm also very excited. That this is only half of the movie, and uh, we're also introduced. Not going to spoil it. You know what? I'm going to stop right there because the thing is, is that. There's a very surpri- there's a very huge surprise at the end of it after the credits, mm. and I I really can't say any, I really just can't say enough about this movie except for that it's it's one of the best movies it's one of the movies where I walked out of a theater th- thinking like holy mother of god <laughs> like how is this going to end that'll be because yeah, it went in s- it went in so many directions yeah. And that was your number two? That was my number okay. two. Number two for you, then. My number two is Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just fantastic. Mm-hmm. My number two is Eighth Grade. Mm. Okay. Um, you're, I think you and I have the same number I, one. I think you and I have the same number one, too. A Star is Born? It is A Star is Born. Okay, so let's, we, did, we kept quiet on A Star is Born earlier. Okay. I will say that A Star is Born really lived in my head for a long time afterward. Mm-hmm. It's so... So very emotional. I how I felt watching it. I compared to La La Land. Mm-hmm. The first time I saw La La Land, I was just kind of like uh, in a daze. 
mm-hmm. after what I had just seen. And I I felt the same after A Star is Born. They both tackle Hollywood um, and being or chasing fame, kind of. Yeah. They're very similar in that respect. And I just thought that Bradley Cooper did such a great job adapting this material, directing it, first-time director. I agree with what Garrett said earlier about I could take or leave if he wins an actor. Yeah. He is incredible in it. He does totally transform. Mm-hmm. His voice is unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. Um, you you hear him talk normally, and it's not anything like his character Jackson Maine no. sounds. He sings pretty pretty damn well. Yeah, his his musicianship is great. Uh, he really owns the concert scenes, so he clearly put a lot of effort into it. But it's the it's the directing I think for me that really sells his talent on it. Lady Gaga is spectacular. A lot of people um, probably already know Lady Gaga to be a great actress from her turn in the American Horror Story show, where she was Golden Globe nominated there, I think. And, as she, an, and she won. Mm-hmm. This, is her, this is her debut film role, though. Mm-hmm. And she is really just one of one of the best talents that we have right now, I think. She can sing, she can act, she's she can do it all. And she's really believable. I was on her side the whole time. Well, not the, you know, any good character, you question their motives from time to time. Mm-hmm. But she is just, she goes through some stuff as Allie, and it, it got got me deep. No, you're definitely, definitely not wrong in all those parts. I will say that this movie, A Star is Born, um, if I'm in total agreement with, I'm in total agreement with, uh, with you guys about the directing aspect. If anything, Bradley Cooper should be recognized for his direction. And I think if Bradley Cooper wants to move in that direction, pun intended, um, I think he probably should. Mm-hmm. You know, because some people, some people are good actors who actually turn into great directors. And if this proves, if this proves what he's capable of, I can't wait to see what he's going to is see what he's going to do next. Yeah. That's number 1. Number 2 is I have never I mean aside Avengers Infinity War I've never felt this way about a film before where I walked out and I'm like damn cuz this granted I've walked into this movie 5 minutes late. <laughs> I did. And the reason why is that I I had something come up at work and they were just they were needing me and i'm like look i gotta go by and i walked into the movie five minutes late i walked in just as lady gaga was walking out to the stage oh yeah and uh even then with all that happened in between i can't help but just i mean there there were there were points in time when i felt devastated Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like I've never had a movie do that to me. I mean, I've I've thought about this movie days afterward, like day, and I I never do that. You know, sometimes you sometimes no, when you leave a movie. Yeah, it's not common that they sit with me that long. Yeah, like like normally, if I see a movie and it's good, I'll be like, oh, it's good. You know, like most every movie on this list is just like after I've left, it's just like, oh, you know, that was actually really good. This one actually, it was so good on a directorial level, on a written level, on a lyrical level. That it just, it completely blew me away. And everything about it, everything about it, including the songs. If anything, if Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga should win not one but two Oscars, 
one for acting and one for the song shallow Mm -hmm. that shallow song is amazing and that performance in the movie is amazing but for a movie that has that type of effect that does that to you i think it i think it serves its purpose well and not in the devastating aspect but in the fact that it's a movie like that is able to stick with you that takes some real talent Mm-hmm. On all sides. I agree. All right. Our final number one. Uh, my my is Overlord. Yeah. Okay. I knew it was going to be. Um, I, I'm not ranking it. But it's, if, if you were to look at me and, and ask if I think that it's the best movie of the year, I'd say no, I'm not stupid. I, Star is Born is, is Runaway, of the best movie of the year that I have seen. But as far as what kind of stuck with me and what I was most entertained by and, and how I felt going into it and leaving it, uh, this movie is the one that stuck with me the most. Because I, I think, I don't remember if I went to see it by myself initially or if I went, I, I know that I've seen it three times and <laughs> and you both were there at some point in time, yeah. but I don't remember when. Yeah. But I know that, so we, I have the AMC A-list thing and that week that it came out, all three of my movies were Overlord. I, I went to see it three times in that week, possibly once by myself, possibly once with you, and possibly once with you. That's probably how it went. I and know, I know we saw it that Saturday. Yeah, I don't remember if that was my first showing or my second, but I, I saw it, it three times. It was your second. So it really... I think I got your third showing. Yeah. And it was still so good each time. Each time I saw it, it never diminished it for me. I would go see it again in the theaters and in a heartbeat, without question, I'd go see it. I remember when I texted you asking you if you wanted to go, if you were up to go seeing it, and it was that Saturday night, and you instantly texted me, "Yes, let's go." Yep, it's <laughs> so good. Let's go right now. Yeah, I, I was very much surprised by how much I enjoyed it. All right, so that's our top ten movies of the year. I know we got a few other lists we want to go through that are a little more of the fun side. Um, what do, what do we want to do next? What do you guys have? Uh, we can do honorable mentions. Oh yeah, what is okay? Some honorable mentions. What are yours? Mine, you know? mine. They're in no particular order. Okay. Yeah, we don't have to get into the nitty gritty of these, I guess. Uh, Black Panther. Black Panther is in okay. My, I know Black <laughs> Panther is in my honorable mention. Okay. But here, here's my reason. As much as I like Black Panther, it's a great film. It's it's probably one of the better it's probably one of the better origins it's one of the best origin stories probably the best origin story of all the Marvel movies. Uh-huh. The problem with it for me anyway is that they're all they all have this formula like all of all of these Marvel movies have this formula and they they they're almost all the same if if I can say that with getting away with it. Okay. They're all kind of the same. And I'm not saying they're all kind of the same. They're all great, but they all just have that same formula. I'm going to move on from that. I'm going to leave it where it is. Um, another honorable mention is Halloween. I, okay. That was a surprisingly good movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, my my two others are Leave No Trace. It's by the same person who did Winter's Bone. Okay. And that's a, that was a really interesting movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and my final... My final honorable mention is Ready Player One. Okay. Those are good choices. Except Black Panther should be on the... Whatever. I, I, that's, that. that's, oh, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. What are your honorable mentions? I have a few more. Uh, there's only one overlap, which I'm kind of surprised about. Halloween is also on my list. Well, Ready Player One is also on my list as well. Uh, Tully. 
Mm. Okay. That was that was number ten until we started recording, and I swapped it with uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor" oh, after I thought about minute. it. So it was gonna be in the top ten. Tully was really good. Okay. Annihilation. That movie fucked with my head. Yeah. It was so weird, and I loved it. And I can't really explain why, but I loved it. Yeah. Uh, searching. Okay. A Simple Favor. Okay. And Bad Times at the El Royale. Okay. Okay. Uh, ours have a lot of overlaps. Mine mine are uh, Annihilation, Bad Times at the El Royale, A Simple Place. Or A Simple Place. <laughs> A simple, a simple favor, <laughs> not a quiet place. Meets a simple favor. That, I'd a simple watch that. favor. I would watch that. Um, Halloween and Hereditary for me. Ah, uh, yeah. Ugh. Hereditary. I think you're the only one that's seen. Uh, that's hereditary. why I said it last because I knew I'd be the only one. Hereditary is the most deeply unsettling film I have ever seen in my life. I'm pretty certain I can say that. I I almost walked out twice because it scared me so bad. And it's just Tony Collette is an amazing actress in it. Um, the whole the the, uh, the main boy from Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, is in it, mm. and he's really good. The little girl is scary. <laughs> it's so scary, and I. It sounds like I would not recommend it, but I really do. <laughs> I don't think I'll join anyone to watch it again, but it was just so next level horror. And it won't get the attention it deserves because it's not, it's not a mainstream scream and throw you popcorn movie. But man, if you don't, if you're a horror fan and you don't like it, I don't know about you, man. <laughs> because it it does what it says, what it sets out to do. I it's on Amazon Prime right now, and that scares me because yeah. uh, because now it's like very easily accessed and. Part of me wants to watch it, but a whole other part of me doesn't. I think I just nope. sat there with like my face contorted the whole time in like a "What is happening?" for two hours. Okay, this is not your t- typical horror movie. It's not like the jump scares and the screaming kids and all that. It's like a slowly unraveling family type situation <clears throat> where where I could see like if you let's go see a horror movie, you'd be bored. But if you're like, I want to go be really un- uh, deeply upset, then I'll go watch it. Like, don't watch this at night. So that's why it's it's an honorable mention for me. It can, it's number 12 in my overall list, so it came real close to hitting that top 10. But just not quite there yet. Uh, other other lists. Uh, biggest surprises? Biggest surprises. What are yours, then? You'll start. Uh, Overlord. Yes. If you would have told me that it would be my favorite movie, I would have been... Yeah, I slapped you in the face because it mm-hmm. just didn't look like it would be that caliber, but it was. Uh, Game Night was on there. Yep. Game Night looked like just a stupid comedy, but it was so much more than that. It was very funny, and it was very well done. And I think there's going to be a second one, so I'm looking forward to it. There should be. Searching. Um, that one was a surprise. I wanted it to be good. I was concerned that it would fall into the gimmick, but they did a really good job of making the gimmick work. Of everything being online and digital and doing a good job and making me suspense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Spider-Man. Yeah. Yours most surprising? My most surprising. Uh, again, Overlord. Overlord's on here. Uh, it really... It, it, I thought it was surprising about Overlord. Just 
just how crazy it got. And it, it kept your attention. It wasn't boring. It wasn't one of these zombie films. It wasn't, it wasn't anything. I don't even think it is a zombie film. But it's... No, I loved everything about Overlord. Uh, my next my next biggest surprise is Spider-Man Into the, into the Spider-Verse. Okay. It surprised me with how good that was. Like, okay. And the, anima- like, the animation was terrific. Yeah. Absolutely terrific. And my third biggest surprise is The Christmas Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. I didn't think, like, you go into that movie thinking it's cheesy you come out that you come out of that movie grinning, so I that's exactly what I did from the from the comfort of my own home. That's amazing. Um, the Christmas Chronicles was one of my most surprising as well, mm-hmm. because yeah, who who would expect it to be that good? Yeah. Um, another of my biggest surprises was a simple favor. It was very low key. Stars two actresses I like a lot. Directed by Paul Feig, who I like a lot. I just didn't expect it to be quite as um, twisty-turny and intense as it was. Mm -hmm. So I was surprised by it. Uh, Instant Family, starring Rose Byrne and Mark Wahlberg. It came out around Thanksgiving, I think, and it's about a a couple who uh, decide to adopt adopt three children, three siblings. And I thought, ah, it's going to be a cheesy family holiday movie. But it had a lot more heart than that, and it was very funny. And I, I walked away feeling uh, like the Grinch when his heart grew three sizes. Like, oh, that's really nice. <laughs> and then my final uh, surprise uh, was to all the boys I've loved before on Netflix. Really great romantic comedy rom-com. Netflix rom-coms, not always so great. Uh, really cheesy at times. But this one was really solid. Um, I hear the book it's based on is good. I've not read it. I kind of watched it on a whim after I heard the social media buzz about oh to all the boys are so good watched it really good netflix has had a i think a good year for quality content which you can't say for a lot of years past no so now what i guess the natural would be biggest disappointments yeah i have i have biggest disappointments and worst movie okay go to your biggest disappointments i have three uh i don't know how this is gonna sit well with you but the crimes of grindelwald did not care for the crimes of Grindelwald. Why? Because I went in. I I already immediately know, went to sleep. I did not. <laughs> that was like an hour into it. But uh, no, I went into the movie, and you know, there was just there was too much there, and I feel like yeah, they're they're setting you up for the next couple of movies, but like, could you not could you not throw something in there just to keep me entertained for just a little bit longer? That is that's how I feel about that. My next big disappointment was Bohemian Rhapsody, mm. and the only thing I really liked about Bohemian Bohemian Rhapsody was the last twenty minutes of that movie. Whenever they were at Live Aid, and um, Rami Malek was good as Rami Malek was good as uh, Freddie Mercury, but. I I feel like they were spinning Freddie Mercury in the wrong direction with this, and you know, it's it's the same story with as you said just a second ago with Green Book. Like mm-hmm. they got a lot of stuff, they got a lot of stuff wrong. In they that lot of stuff wrong. Well, and, and and Bohemian Rhapsody was directed horrendously because the first director Brian Singer was absent a lot of the time, was fired, and then was replaced like halfway into production with somebody else. 
They've been trying to make the movie for years. It's basically a Hollywood miracle that it came out at all. Yeah. Um, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen was originally cast to play Freddie would, Mercury. He would have been a great. He would. Rami Malek is the shining part of this movie because mm-hmm. the rest of it is mediocre. Um, yeah. Fairly forgettable, and you can just tell it's it had a disjointed production. Like it didn't have a consistent vision. No. It it's not over. It's not accurate really at all. Outside of those last fifteen to twenty minutes where. They literally just recreate the Live Aid performance, which you could just go watch on YouTube yep. <laughs> and skip the whole movie. Yep. <laughs> but if you want to hear Queen on the big screen, then yeah, I guess it goes again. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about that. But if they were to play the, if they were to play that last twenty minutes, if they were to play like the the, the regular uh, Live Aid concert in IMAX, you'd be there. I would be there. But my biggest disappointment of this year probably has to be First Man. Okay. And First Man. Had a lot of hope going into it. Wanted to learn a lot about... Wanted to learn primarily, like, what type of a person that uh, that Neil Armstrong was. Uh, God rest his soul. But this movie, I feel like, just didn't do it justice because I didn't know where it was going. I didn't know if it was a movie about Neil Armstrong. I didn't know if it was a movie about NASA. And if they would have just stayed on track with one or the other... I think we would have had a very different movie. I agree. First Man was one of my biggest disappointments, too. You know, Damien Chazelle and Ryan Gosling teaming up again after after La La Land. Yeah. Should have been better than it was. It should have been. But it is boring. <laughs> Just flat out, it's boring. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't, think it, I don't think it knows what kind of movie it wants to be. No. I agree with that. Um, next disappointments. Thank you, next. <laughs> uh, for me, it was Widows. Uh, I really wanted that movie to be good, and I think that I know it is. Uh, I think that we had a really poor audience experience, and it True. impacted how I saw that movie. True. Uh, but I also don't think the movie was portrayed as what I expected. I expected a little more action impact, uh, high intensity, and it was a, kind of a slow burn to a payoff that really didn't get me interested. Okay. Um, I I know that the movie is good. I'm not saying it's not good, but it was a disappointment for me. Uh, the other one I have is Deadpool two. It was not great. Deadpool two was not great. Okay. It uh, it was a very fall from very big fall from grace from the first one. Deadpool two is also on my biggest disappointments list. It didn't come remotely close to the first one. It relies too much on um, pop culture humor. Uh, in five years, the movie will not be funny at all because no. you will have to understand the references. It's too referential. The first Deadpool didn't have that to this near extent, but it's like every other joke in Deadpool 2 is referencing, referencing something of the moment, and if you don't know that thing, it's not funny. Yeah. And that's a shame. Yeah. And I think that going forward, I assume there'll be a Deadpool 3. I hope that they go back to the type of writing that they used in the first one. The be- to me still the best scene in all of Deadpool two is is the opening scene when he kills everyone to Dolly Parton's nine to five. Yeah, that, that was brilliant great. to me. That really was great. <laughs> so funny. Um, so yeah, my biggest disappointment is First Man, Deadpool two, <laughs> Aquaman, <laughs> which was just so boring. And it the reason it was a disappointment is because people seem to like it, and I can't figure out why. It's gotten good audience reaction. It's made a crazy amount of money. The critics have mostly enjoyed it. 
Yeah, it's got a it's got a fresh score on Rotten Tomatoes. So I was thinking, okay, maybe DC is starting to turn around. You know, they got Wonder Woman. That was really good. Justice League, not so great, but maybe they're recovering with their origin movies, and Aquaman's good. No. Nope. I don't know what, what people are falling for with this. It's just loud noises and bright lights. It, the, it's corny. Mo- a lot of the acting is not good. The story is is like boring. It doesn't know if it wants to be funny or serious. I just didn't care for it. And then my final disappointment uh, is the Cloverfield Paradox, mm-hmm. which I should have been better than it was, but alas, it wasn't. You know, they had the big rollout where they dropped it on Super Bowl Sunday. Yep. They aired a Super Bowl trailer. The first trailer ever was during the Super Bowl, and at the end it said it'll be it'll drop after the game. Yep. So talk about hype. You got 100 million viewers watching your trailer at one time. Uh, the previous one, 10 Cloverfield Lane, was one of the best movies of 2016? I think so. Mm-hmm. One of the best movies of 2016. I still think John Goodman should have gotten an Oscar buzz 100%. for that. 100%. Snubbed out the, yeah. out the ballpark. Yep. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, also a fantastic actress. So it, they had a lot going for it, going into the paradox, and it just didn't fulfill it. It felt like a direct-to-DVD movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it for what it was, but I can't say I wasn't disappointed. Okay. So now I guess our, our wor- the worst movie of the year? Yep. First Purge. <laughs> I still liked it. <laughs> I, I didn't love it. No. I liked it. <laughs> I just I thought the first Purge was so bad. <laughs> you had never seen a Purge movie, to be fair. And after, that was your first one. And after this, I don't think I ever want to. <laughs> I uh, t- to be honest with you, I had okay, I had somebody sit right next to me in the movie theater after the movie was over. And he looked over at me and he said, this is by far one of the best movies I've ever seen. He did say that. Yeah. And <laughs> he, he said, should be. And he asked me, he was talking to me. He was just like, well, have you ever seen it before? And I'm like, I've never seen any of the purges before. Well, so far, this is like the best one ever. Wow. And I'm like, bullshit. So, <laughs> so right. I... That's all I'm going to say about it, is that this this movie was just terrible. Next. So I have I have three. Okay. But technically, the one that's the worst came out in 2017. That's why I have a couple. Oh, I wonder if... It, okay. It's what you think it is. Uh, I don't know that. The two that I have for, for this year are Game Over Man and Hold the Dark... Game over, man. Hold the dark. You just watched that. It was really bad. You described it as better than really bad this uh, morning. <laughs> based on my lists, it was. Uh, it's it's okay. it's not good. Okay. Uh, it's not like completely unwatchable. But if we're talking about the movies that I've seen, it's definitely one of the worst movies I've seen. Um, Are they both Netflix originals? Yes. Okay. Hold the dark or um, Game Over Man is exactly what I expected it to be. So that's why it's like kind of on the list. I didn't expect it to be a good movie. I expected it to make it make me laugh. It made me chuckle. Wasn't that great? Mm-hmm. It was really stupid. Uh, Hold the Dark was just so anticlimactic and boring. And I had read an article that was like, "This is the most brutal movie on Netflix." Wrong. I mean, it might be. I don't know of any other brutal movies on Netflix, but it was not that great for me. But the least favorite movie that I saw in 2018, even though it came out in 2017. This is downsizing. 
Oh, wow. by far, yeah, one I, of the worst movies. I think your reaction to that is the reason why to this day I won't watch it. Yeah, that and its extreme length. It's it's so long. It feels every minute of how long it is, and the only shining points are Christoph Waltz and the girl that got nominated for supporting actress. I don't remember her name. Yeah. Uh, she's really good. But the movie is just, it's like three hours of someone preaching at me about their message of, we need to do better at this. And while I might agree with the message, nah, man, Mm -hmm. nah, you try, you preaching, don't preach at me in a preachy way. Like, if you want to get your message across, that's great, I'm all for it, but like, you're just preaching at me and I don't like it. Yeah. It was really bad. My worst movie of the year is Winchester. Ah, yeah. A air quote horror movie starring Helen Mirren, who is like um, the owner of the Winchester Rifle Company. Yeah. And she's haunted by the people that have been killed by the guns that she makes. <laughs> it is as. It's not even that it's dumb, it's that it's boring. It was so boring. I, I don't even have anything else to say about it. And my, I have an honorable mention best one because it also came out in 2017, but by the skin of its teeth, uh, Bright on Netflix was terrible. Oh, it is bad. <laughs> I watched it in 2018, but it came out around last Christmas, I think. Uh, Will Smith, man, come on. <laughs> They're making a second one. It, it, I do remember reading that it was a huge success for Netflix, that they had a lot of viewers on it. How that, How they translate that, I don't know, because like... You know, a hundred million people could watch it, but you didn't make any extra money off it. Mm-hmm. So how how they justify the the money it costs? I don't know. Yeah, unless they can prove to that like people signed up for Netflix specifically for it, and that seems difficult and sad if it mm-hmm. would do that. But um, I, yeah, I know it was like a big success according to them. So whatever. Oof. Okay. Okay, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap up with a quick look down at what we're looking forward to in twenty nineteen. We're bordering on, like, longest episode ever territory. Oh, my gosh. Um, obviously, Avengers Endgame. Yes, Avengers Endgame. I, I, that's on my list. Yep. Uh, Glass, which comes out in a couple weeks. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, the Lion King. That's also on my list. Same. Uh, Pet Cemetery. Ugh. I am looking forward to that. Yeah. It's not on my list, though. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's on my list. Uh, and... Uh, Toy Story 4. But, um... <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> and, of course, the last Star Wars movie. Yes. Uh, Captain Marvel. Yes. All right. I'm, I'll read the ones that haven't been read. Uh, it, Chapter 2. All right. Yes. Happy Death Day to you. Yes, I forgot about that. Yeah. Zombieland 2. Mm-hmm. And Shazam. Yeah. Uh, I only have two that haven't been read. Or, no, three. Uh, Us. From Jordan Peele. All right. Spider-Man Far From Home, and You Are My Friend. Tom Hanks says Fred Rogers. Yeah. And the rest are all on my list. Probably the bit, you know, like, ah, Avengers Endgame is a big deal, but I don't think it's more anticipated than Star Wars Episode Nine for me. I'm yeah. a Star Wars boy through and through. Sure. And I think, I think it edges it out. But for two huge things to be ending this year upsets me greatly, and I don't yeah. know if I'll make it to 2020. <laughs> All right, is that the end? Uh, the end of our show? Yeah. Wow, that is the end of our show and the end of 2018. Uh, it's the end of our first year as a podcast, season one. 
season finale is over today. Give ourselves a round of applause. I think that if any of us are ever brave enough to listen to the first episode, I think we've improved. <laughs> I'd agree. I would like to By hope so By leaps and anyway. bounds. I would like to hope so anyway. So a few things are going to happen over the next few weeks. Um, we're going to take a little break to regroup and refresh the show. I think we intend to be back with a bonus episode next week just to talk about the Golden Globes, our, our hot take reactions to them. I doubt it will be as long as this one. I would like to keep it rained down. We'll see about that. We'll see, see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And then I don't think, I think we'll be, it'll be a few more weeks before we have our season two premiere where we'll get back into the swing of things talking about a new movie franchise and moving forward with some new surprises we're hopefully working on. I don't want to say them in case they don't come true. Um, might be adding a guest host every now and then. All right. You never know. We're working on some stuff. So thanks for listening to us for a, a first year. For our first year, all of you out there who have been with us this long, thanks for sticking around. Share us with your friends and family. Any other movie buffs in your life that want to chat with us, tell them to do so. You can find us online at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod. And just search for So Many Sequels Pod on Instagram. As always, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, SoundCloud. Pretty much the majority. I, I'm just talking out of my ass. I don't know if it's the majority. Seems like a lot of the main ones were on there. If we're not on one, let us know. That's it. Have a happy new year. Until next time. Bye, 2018.